Amen. Can you guys just say thanks to the band one more time tonight? Wow. So good. I don't know about you, but I love worship, and I'm so excited that guys, we're I think now, uh, I believe nine days away, something like that, from the second student conference. Uh, and so if, if worship kind of fills your cup, like I know it does mine, uh, be sure to get signed up for that. Something else I'm looking forward to, in one week from today, y'all help me out, there's a little something called, you guys don't even know what, <laughs> next Wednesday, it's called Valentine's Day. Have you guys ever heard of Valentine's Day? Yeah? How about Single Awareness Day for my single people in the house tonight? Yeah! Single Awareness Day, one of, I, I don't know, I don't like that day. Don't like it at all. As a matter of fact, it kind of makes me kind of sad because I, I start thinking about when I was in middle school and, and there was this girl that I really liked. I thought she was really cool, really cute. Her name was, we're, we're going to call her Amber, okay? That's, we're going to call her Amber. And, and, and I remember going to my math class and, and I know things are a little bit different, so methodology, methodology has changed, but I remember being in sixth grade and I remember thinking about it almost being Valentine's Day, and I had this crush on this girl, and I was going to write her a note on a piece of paper, right? Do you guys ever do this? No, it's just, is it all just like through like direct messaging? Okay, so I'm going to go old school with you. And so I wrote on this piece of paper, and I was too chicken enough to even hand it to her directly or to even have a conversation. What do you think I did? I went to a friend, right? I didn't go to one of her friends. I went to one of my friends to go to one of her friends. See how this worked? Okay, so I went to one of my friends. I'm like, okay, dude, you, you got to hand Amber this note, right? Okay, and make sure, like, give it to her friend, and then make sure I'm not around. Like, don't make sure she doesn't see me, okay? And so I go to my math class, and what do you think I'm thinking about the entire time during math? I'm thinking, uh, this is going to be great. Like, math is simple. One plus one is two. It's us. You know, her and I, it's going to be great. Um, and, and I remember walking out of math class feeling a little confident and, like, okay, I'm nervous, and, and I'm looking, she was in her language arts class, I wasn't stalking her, I just knew that language arts was right there, uh, Mr. Beard's class, I don't know why I remember that, and I remember thinking, okay, here's the moment, here's the moment, and I'm thinking, obviously, if she checked yes in the no instead of no, that she would really just kind of come to me, right, and be like, here, I checked yes, I'll go out with you, <laughs> like, cool, right, but I kind of got the cold shoulder in the moment, and then her friend came and gave me the note that had the response, like, will you go out with me, check yes or no, and she checked no. Yeah. She checked no. Crushed. In the middle, I'm, I'm not going to cry, don't worry. I'm not going to cry. I'm good. I love my wife, my boo, my forever Valentine. Enough of the cheesy stuff. Back to just brokenhearted. There I am standing in the middle of the hallway as a young sixth grade boy and she just said, no. I felt like life was over. I was crushed. There's no way I could go to science class and accomplish anything. I don't even know what I did that day. But for all of us, I think Valentine's Day aside, and though that is a special time where we feel like, hey, I wish somebody would really like me. I wish someone would look, like, look at me with just the, the googly eyes and be like, you're so cute. Though that's a special time, I want to tell you guys something that is really, really important as we begin this new series called Crave. Y'all say Crave. Crave. Write that on your cards tonight, Crave. It's because every single one of you, and, and including myself, we crave, we desire something called acceptance. We crave and we desire something called approval. Y'all say acceptance. Acceptance. 
Say approval. Write those on your cards tonight. We're going to unpack a little bit about what does it look like for you and I to crave something like acceptance and approval. There's a passage of scripture I want us to look at tonight in Luke 22. And with the idea in mind that we're going to look at your life and my life under the pretense of Scripture here, and we're going to say, what, what does this look like even in Scripture? We're going to look at a, at a man who, even though he knew Jesus, still desired acceptance, still desired to be approved. Have you guys ever heard of the man named Peter? We're going to look at a guy named Peter tonight. You know what I love about Peter? He's an emotional idiot. I love him. I'm like, I can relate to that, okay? <laughs> I can relate a lot to Peter. Peter would, would be so passionate about something, be so excited about something, that sometimes he wouldn't often think about what it might cost him or what he might lose. Peter just saw something that he liked or didn't like. He would go for it or wouldn't go for it. And what we're going to read here tonight is an account of Peter worried about the acceptance of others, but yet the grace of God was still there. Luke 22, if you have a Bible, awesome. If you don't, don't sweat it. It will be on the screen tonight, but go ahead and write this down on your cards. Luke 22, beginning in verse 54, Jesus was just taken captive by the Roman soldiers in the garden. Verse 54 says, so they arrested him and led him to the high priest's home, and Peter followed at a distance. What just happened in the garden? What did Peter just do in the garden to one of the soldiers? He got a sword and he cut off the ear of one of the soldiers. Y'all remember that? Kind of got a little heated. And Jesus is kind of coming over and he's like, no, Peter. And he goes over and he heals the, the, the Roman soldier's ear. Remember that? So remember, Peter's just like, what up, Jesus? I got your back, man. I got you. <clears throat> Roman soldier, man. And Jesus is like, I mean, Peter, would you just knock it off, bro? I got this. They're going to kill me. It's all good. And Peter's like, what, you, what? What? So now you put yourself in Peter's shoes. They're taking Jesus. And he's kind of like, what? That's Peter. Peter's all sorts of emotional right now. He just cut off a dude's ear. He's following Jesus who just got arrested. And the guards, they lit a fire in the middle of the courtyard and set around it. Kumbaya. And Peter joined them there. A servant girl noticed him in the firelight and began staring at him. Isn't that awkward? Someone just stares at you? Why was she staring at him? Look what she says. Finally she said, this man... This man was one of Jesus' followers. Whoa, I thought we were just cooking s'mores and hanging out. Why you got to be coming at me like that? I mean, she's, she's saying, no, that's one of Jesus' followers, the same man that was just arrested. But Peter denied it. <gasps> Y'all say denied it. Denied. Write it down once right now. Denied it. Write it down. He says, woman, he said, I don't even know him. After a while, someone else looked at him. Awkward. More eyes on Peter. 
and said, you must be one of them. No, man, I'm not. Peter retorted. That's a fun word, retorted. It's just a fun word. Under that part where you just said denied it, write, write it down again. Denied it for the second time. Do that for me. Write underneath denied it the first time. Write it again the second time. Verse 59. About an hour later. An hour later. I need you to grasp that concept just for a moment, if you will. Think about this. Write it down in your cards if you need to. An hour later, he had already been sitting down. Jesus had already been arrested. He, they were, they're sitting around, and he's already had two occasions where he has denied any affiliation with Jesus. And an hour passes by. Someone else insisted, this must be one of them, one of the disciples, because he is a Galilean too. But Peter said, man, I don't know what you're talking about. Write down that word, deny, again for the third time. I don't even know what you're talking about. He had two previous occasions where people had already pointed him and said, you know Jesus, you're one of his followers. Nope, don't know him. Nope, I'm not, nope, I have nothing to do with him. An hour later goes by, you had to think that he was already processing, you know what, I kind of do know him, so maybe the next time somebody asks me, I might just say something. He had enough time to think about that, right? Have you ever told a lie to your parents, like, hey, have you cleaned your room? Yep. And you know, you're like, no, I did not clean my room. And you know that you've probably got a short window of time before your parents go back and inspect your room, right? Like you just know you might have that small window of time. And so what do you logically do and responsibly do? You go to your room as fast as you can to pick up your room, don't you? If you're smart, you would. Or just don't lie about it in the first place. But you do everything you can because you process, I kind of messed up there. He's sitting over an hour and he had already denied the one he had been following and the one he loved. But Peter said, man, I don't know him. What are you talking about? And immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. At that moment, the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Suddenly, hold on a minute. Who just looked at Peter? Jesus. Jesus. Eyes of love and grace began looking at Peter, and Peter knew right then what was going on. How many times did Peter deny knowing Jesus? How many times? Three times. At that moment, the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Suddenly, the Lord's words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. Those were Jesus' words to Peter before this was even taking place. Jesus had told Peter this would happen. And Peter's like, no way, Jesus. I would never deny you. I would never deny you. I have seen so much, and I love you, and you're awesome, you're incredible. There's no way I would ever deny you, Jesus. No way, man. And Jesus is like, Peter, before the, the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. I mean, imagine that. Jesus saying that to you, and then all of a sudden you're put in a position, and Peter denies Jesus three times, just as Jesus said it would happen. And Jesus 
brings that back up in this moment, not to condemn Peter, but to simply remind Peter of what was the truth. And Peter left the courtyard weeping bitterly. Peter learned some important lessons that day. Write this down. He learned to pay attention to the Word, the capital word, which is Jesus. He learned to pay attention to the words of Jesus, to watch and to pray and to to put no confidence in his own strength. He learned a valuable lesson that day when it comes to being put in an uncomfortable situation to always do the right thing. How many of us can relate to that, that we've been in difficult positions in our lives and in your life, and we know the right thing, we know what we should do, but sometimes we're unsure if we should. I think we can all relate to that. But why? Why? When you look at Scripture and you see that Peter denied Jesus three times, have you asked yourself the question, why would Peter, one who really says he loves Jesus, one said he would never deny Jesus, and then all of a sudden, he does it. Why would he do that? Acceptance. Do you think Peter, like many of us today, was looking around and thinking, what would happen if I said yes to knowing Jesus? What would happen if I were to say yes to these claims that I was one of his followers? What could happen? What will people think of me? Have you ever had that thought? Don't raise your hands. But have you ever had that thought where you're like, I don't know what happened. I don't know what this would look like if if I did this, people might look at me this way. They might think I'm a little weird. They might think that I'm this Jesus freak. They may think that I'm just this religious nut. They might look at me a little bit different. I don't know if I can say yes to that. I think we've all been there. And this is a, a lesson we need to learn from Peter. We need to learn from, from Peter's mistakes, but we also need to learn how Jesus handles Peter. Jesus already told Peter that, listen, Peter, you are going to be the the one that I begin to grow my church. Jesus had already told Peter, I've got so much in store for you. Did you also think that Jesus knew that Peter would deny him in that same moment? Absolutely. And later, after Jesus' death on the cross for your sin and my sin, even for Peter's sin, and after the resurrection when Jesus rose again, conquering the grave, conquering death, He comes back and he sees Peter again. And he doesn't go up to Peter and say, you emotional idiot, and hit him upside the head. What were you thinking, Peter? Hello? He didn't say any of that. As a matter of fact, right after Jesus ascends back into heaven in Acts, you know what we see in Acts chapter 2? We see Peter preached the gospel for the very first time in masses and thousands of people how many thousands of people hear the gospel come out of peter's mouth the same mouth that would deny jesus was the same mouth that was proclaiming jesus isn't that awesome listen if you're a broken busted sinful person in this room like me That should offer you hope. That should offer you confidence. That right there should alone say, you know what? The Lord accepts me just as I am. Broken, busted, sinful, not perfect. But he can use someone like you and he can use someone like me if he can use someone like Peter. 
Even if our eyes aren't perfectly fixed on him, he can restore that and he can bind our eyes to him and he can remind us and speak that word into your life and my life that he says, I accept you and I love you. Don't look for acceptance in other places. I know some of you are like, you're sitting next to your girlfriend and boyfriend right now, so this might be a little awkward, but your acceptance will never be fulfilled in your boyfriend or girlfriend. And I'll say this, your acceptance will never be found in your future husband or wife. And I'm saying that from experience. Because my wife, though she can affirm her love and affection for me absolutely 100%, there's a void in my life and in your life that only God can fill. There's an acceptance by God that only He can give us. And He does. You may not write notes on pieces of paper and write the boxes yes or no and wait for a check mark. But I guarantee if you have any involvement in social media or texting or any kind of communication, every single one of you are waiting for the person to like your picture. You're waiting for a comment. You're waiting for a direct message. You're waiting for a reply or a response, and you're broken if you don't get it. And it goes to a certain extent where there are like spam accounts where people are like, I'm just going to put my spam account, therefore I might feel a little more accepted there. Or some people on their social media will post a picture, and if there's not enough likes or comments, they're going to just go and delete it. That way it per- it's perceived as if they're really cool or popular, even if they don't have a whole lot of likes or comments. They want to put a face of saying, oh yeah, I'm going to put out the good stuff so I feel like I'm accepted and I'm loved. And I'm here to tell you, listen, Jesus says, I accept you and I love you. Don't go running for acceptance and approval from anyone or anywhere else. Go to him. Go to him. You see, I'm weak in this area. I, I'm, I don't know what to do in this area. I feel like I'm overcome with seeking the approval and what other people might think. Jason, I don't know what to do. I want to give you an encouraging word today. Because in our weakness, God is strong. Y'all say strong. Flip over with me to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians, chapter 12, verses 9 through 10. Paul has a word for you tonight. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. Whose weakness? My weakness and your weakness. These are the words of Jesus that Paul is quoting. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults and hardships. Do you think Peter would have been insulted had he said yes to Jesus? Yes. You think Peter might have lost his life if he had said yes to Jesus? Yes. It would have been difficult. It could have been challenging. Persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Write that down tonight. For when you are weak, Christ says he is strong. If you and I can acknowledge our weakness and our need for something, our struggle for something, but we are willing to go to the feet of Jesus and say, Lord, I struggle here. I'm broken here. I'm not perfect here. And I'm looking for acceptance in all the wrong places. I'm looking for people to fill something that, Lord, only you can fill. Lord, I'm asking, Lord, that you would be my strength, that you would be my provider of this. And see what he does. Because he says that he is your strength. 
He is your source. Look at the life of Peter. A man who loved Jesus, but even in a pressure moment, was scared because he was worried about the acceptance and what other people thought. But yet, Jesus in his grace and love convicted Peter. And it changed Peter's heart, it changed his mind, and he was blessed by grace and began walking in the gospel and began preaching the gospel and it changed the church today. Might that be you? That maybe you're in a position where you feel weak and you've blown it, but yet look at your life where Jesus is going to take you from where you're at to where he, continue, where he wants you to be and he's going to use you to proclaim the gospel to every, everyone you know. Might that be you? Perhaps some of you tonight, you know, you've in your life have never felt accepted ever. You feel like the outcast. You felt like no one's ever appreciated you, accepted you, invited you in to be a part of their friendship circle, uh, never liked your comments or liked anything you've ever posted. But I want to tell you tonight, listen, you'll never find true acceptance in anything in this world, but only in the love and forgiveness of Jesus. And tonight, for many, that might be your call tonight, where Jesus is calling you. He's speaking to you tonight, saying, what you need is me, and tonight you need a relationship with me, and perhaps that's your response tonight, to simply say, I am broken, I am sinful, I am I'm not perfect, and I have blown it, but you know what? I see Jesus, and I see that he died on that cross for me so that I could be accepted. He rose again so I could be in relationship with him. And tonight, you can begin walking in a relationship with Jesus. And he doesn't accept you after you fixed your life up. He accepts you just as you are right now. And he says, would you come to me? Would you come to me as I accept you and as I bring you in? Come to me, broken, busted, sinful, and I will forgive you. I will give you new life. And you and I can be in relationship. For some, that's your call tonight to begin craving a new relationship with him, to begin craving the love and grace that you need.